I'm going to tell my daughter that. <laughs> You're not even trying. You're not trying. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to the Mind at Large podcast. This is episode number eight. This is actually the final episode from 2017. So that means that after this is published, I will finally be caught up on episodes. So that's one thing that I can check off my list of things to do. Awesome. Since the last episode, I've been caught up with a few other projects as well. Uh, Primarily gigging with this cover band. It was something new that I hadn't done before had the experience of playing in an original band before, and that's kind of what I'm used to, so this was much different. And, uh, you know, it was alright. But for now, you know, I'm putting the focus back into what I mainly do, which is teach, which, by the way, at this point, I'm up to around 40 students, which is really awesome. I'm really digging it. Uh, It's very satisfying for me in my life, and it provides a sense of purpose. And speaking of purpose, uh, this episode largely deals with the concept of purpose and morality and how those things tie into, say, spirituality and religion. Uh, The guest on this episode is a longtime friend of mine, Nathan Rainey, who works as a minister for Youth for Christ. Uh, We've always had great philosophical and intellectual conversations throughout the years, and we had this conversation about a week before I left to Ecuador to go uh, take my ayahuasca trip, which proved to be a very revealing and spiritual experience for myself, which I'll go into greater detail about that actually on the next episode. And by next episode, I mean episode number nine rather than episode 8.5, because this is a two-part episode. It ended up being a very long conversation due to the fact that the three of us each come from fairly different backgrounds regarding religion. So this ends up being somewhat of an exchange of ideas and really just trying to hear each other out because that's what reasonable people do. They hear each other out. So let this be a lesson to all you people trying to argue your points and that insist on being right. Is it really worth it? Does it really even matter? Not really. Anywho, without further ado, here's episode eight. actually started the Pikachu craze in this room was on her first Christmas last year uh, my mom doesn't really know Pokemon but mm. she knows Pikachu mm. like every old lady does like that's that oh hey it's Pokemon so my daughter got Pikachu for Christmas a little plushie mm. and uh, it's funny because I got to see who out of my friends were like true Pokemon fans because my my friend's daughter his gr- or her grandma bought her an Eevee for Christmas. Oh. And so when they opened their gifts, my daughter had Pikachu, she had Eevee, and right away I was like, oh, rivals. <laughs> and like, yeah, the people who See, know it started laughing. The other people were like, I, I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> that, that's, that's me, basically. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Good job. Good job. I, I, I didn't, I'm not, not into my, it. My daughter's Ash, the main <laughs> okay. character. And then his rival's, uh, was his name? Gary, right? Gary, who, yeah. is, who isn't the main character? <laughs> right. You know, it's like, that's me. Because cause I'm me. Like, yeah. I'm the main character I'm of my own life, right? Main character, yeah. 
It's always a main character. No one wants to be an auxiliary character. I don't know. Like I've I've, I've wanted to be auxiliary characters. There's there's a few auxiliary characters. I'm like like why why wasn't this dude the main character? Why are you paying attention to this guy? I could see that though. Yeah. 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 But the, they have to be a really good auxiliary character. Yeah. True. True story. It's, oh, and name, name one. I don't know, as far as Pokemon's concerned. No, I, I mean, it's like along the... Because I know you like other other things outside of Pokemon. And that's, see, that's completely when untrue. It, see, when it, comes no. to, when it comes to anime, though, uh, when it comes to anime, though, it's like always... Anytime they show, like, a black character in anime, of course, I'm like, that's me! Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so I was like, man, just, just one time, like... Like make a black person like the centerpiece. Make him the main character of Afro Samurai. That doesn't count. Um, <laughs> He's automatically like, nope. Uh, that's not a thing. <laughs> Close closest thing was like uh, this show. I, what about Blade? <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> Hey man, it's Wesley Snipes, man. You have a problem with Wesley Snipes? Oh, oh man, I have a problem with everything about those movies um like see there was this one scene in in i can't remember which blade it was there's one scene where i don't know whoever the big bad dude was grabbed wesley snipes by the ankle and was swinging him around the room and he like like flung his head into this like concrete pillar and like his face broke the pillar and after that fight scene, he stood up and his sunglasses were still pristine, like untouched. Um, how do you break a pillar with your face and your sunglasses are still in, in the same spot? Because when they're on his, like the sweat from his pores get into the sunglasses. Oh, yeah. And so now they have magical Vampire powers. sunglasses. I see how it is. I was going to say maybe they were made of diamonds. Diamonds. <laughs> adamantium sunglasses. <laughs> Still in the same universe. Still, still in <laughs> that is true. Still in the same universe. That that's curious. Why why they never put Blade with it? Oh wait. Oh, because he's black. That's why they never put him with anything else. <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> Mystery solved. <laughs> but no, no. Hey, well, wait. Well, I don't know a lot about Spawn, but isn't Spawn? He, yeah, he's supposed to be a black guy too, right? Yeah, he's yeah. The spawn, the spawn of Satan is supposed to be a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not racist at all. Not at all. Not at all. They're redoing <laughs> his movie, so they're redoing his movie. Yeah. Okay. Spawn's supposed to get in uh, a, a reboot. Is he get, okay. is he going to get a racial reboot? <laughs> Dude, if they make him white, that's going to cause the uproar. I don't know. I've hey, I'm waiting for them to to. I'm waiting for DC to reboot Green Lantern. And finally, throw a black guy into. They can do that. They yeah, should do that. They should. Yeah. I mean, he was everybody's favorite Green Lantern anyway. Even though the comics made him the weakest Green Lantern. Just FYI. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I'm not big on DC, so. I hate uh, DC. Really? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I still know, like, stupid stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like that that's what allows me to enjoy, enjoy some of those, like, the DC stuff, mm. um, like, The Flash. Like that show, but I didn't know a lot about the Flash going into the show. Uh -huh. I kind of went in just blind, like, yeah, I know he runs fast, and I know it's kind of a, a time travel type yeah. of character. Like, I I can't get into any of the DC shows because it feels so much like '90s Warner Brothers, like 
bad acting television. <laughs> it's like soap operas for black people, or I don't know. It's it it's it's not good. It's not. Have you have you seen Supergirl? No, it's no. terrible. Was not interested. I, 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 I Supergirl. No, not interested. <laughs> oh my. God. Well, do you, do you know the show Glee? No. Okay. Well, I mean, I know the show, but I've never seen okay. it. Okay, well, well, the main character is also, like, the main character from the new, like, Glee series. So you're you're putting, okay. like, a show tunes, show tunes girl. Talking about Jane Lynch? Super, no. <laughs> Dude, I would love amazing. to see her <laughs> as super. That would have been awesome. <laughs> like, put her as any superhero. I don't care. I will watch that. <laughs> That would be like fucking old old lady Supergirl, but it would be an interesting Dang. Supergirl in the year three thousand. I'd watch go. it. There you go. There you go. Oh shit! Putting people in their place. Mm. Mm-hmm. So since you're not a fan of DC, how do you feel about the Netflix um, Marvel TV oh, shows? They're great. Everything except Iron Fist. Um, okay. I was gonna. I was hoping you were gonna be like everything except for Luke Cage. I'm like, there's a black actor right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love what they did with Luke Cage. See, Luke Cage, um, when they wrote the comics, they were intentionally like trying to carry on the same vibe as those old like '70s black exploitation films, like uh, Black Belt Jones and that kind of like. It's like real gimmicky, campy kind of like. Uh, you know, jive turkey kind of. <laughs> I'm gonna get you, sucker. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Kind of feel, yeah, yeah. And and like, and Luke Cage kept all of that. And and the thing about all the the old films and 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 old and old Luke Cage comics like that, they were they were super involved in you know like a commentary on on social injustices and things like that. And uh, I guess. Keeping the, the the black people in touch with their their history, their roots, whatever, and and the show did that, and they did that in a way that uh, not only threw back the history, but kept up with you know modern uh, you know disabilities and in, in social justice and everything like that. So it was cool. It was a freaking cool show. I like Luke Cage. I, I must say, he was also the highlight for me in Jessica Jones. Oh yeah, I, I did, yeah. Jessica Jones was okay it, it, for me. It wasn't the, my top favorite of this mm-hmm. of the the defenders. They mm-hmm. were kind of bridging. Luke Cage when he was in it, and then I found out he was getting his own solo show. I was like, hell yeah, yeah. Like I wanted Daredevil and Luke Cage were were the ones I liked. I I liked the <laughs> I liked something about Jessica Jones, and I can't really identify what it was. I think I just liked her character. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story was kind of weird. <laughs> like, give me somebody else as a supervillain. Not yeah. like he was just kind of a a pervert. Like mm-hmm. that's <laughs> like a yeah. pervert with superpowers, <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's who you want to put this. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but whatever, you know, do what you want. Daredevil, though, uh, hands down, got to be the best one out yeah. of all those. That was the first time I ever like thought Daredevil was cool, except for that one episode of the '90s Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so, so as the uh, obvious outcast here, because oh, yeah. I don't, <laughs> you, have, you have no idea what we've been talking about for the past ten yeah. minutes. Although I will say, knowing that you're a comic book fan, his new haircut doesn't he remind you of the villain from Black Panther? 
<laughs> in the new upcoming movie. Well, you know that means I gotta kill you now. Uh, well, in principle, Kanda. No. <laughs> you kind of got the whole Black Panther vibe going on too right now, so it's like oh I feel like I'm in a Marvel movie. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, so as the obvious outcast here, I'm not like super into superhero movies or that world or and, and anything like that. And I've never really, never really been into it much. I mean, I've dabbled, you know, I watched like some of the, the mainstream stuff, you know, whatever, like your big ones, Spider-Man, and oh, yeah. Superman, and Batman. Well, actually not Superman. I've actually never seen a Superman film. You didn't see Man of Steel? That was like the only good DC film in my book. No, not even the old school ones? No, 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 no. But What's his name? Just, yeah, just like... Batman movies. I saw Spawn, the, the HBO uh, animated series when I was younger and stuff uh-huh. like that. You know, I probably shouldn't have been watching it, you know. <laughs> no. Uh, it's, it's, you know, pretty brutal. But um, but so so what is it about superheroes that we're drawn to as humans? What do you think, guys? Cause, cause, oh. Because it's like the biggest thing right now in, in Hollywood and film and uh, TV, like series, like Netflix, like all of these original Netflix series coming out. It's just... It's like saturated with these superhero themes and stuff like that. So is is it because we're living in a uh, such a crappy world right now? <laughs> is, is that, where are we looking for is an out? That hope that fantasy is that what that is? Or? I don't. I don't think. I don't think that there's anything about the level of crappiness of our world today versus any other period in time that makes that kind of lore any more attractive. But even even when we're just thinking about like ordinary human problems, uh, there's something about kind of the storytelling of traditional superhero stories that, like, man, like there's something about this this superhero character that's human, that's flawed, that's there's a vulnerability there that I can connect with. Yeah. But he's got all this like awesome power to defeat like all the crappy things about life. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. like I, like you, you want so much for that guy to win. Yeah. Just to feel like you can win, you know. Yeah. For um, me, it's like with me, not even, and it's funny because I'm going to use this as a reference, but I'm not even like a huge DC fan. But one of the things that intrigues me about, like, say, Batman, mm-hmm. is the dynamic that he has with the Joker. Mm. As far as like the Joker's always trying to get him to pretty much like kill him, right? Yeah. And the one thing Batman doesn't do is he doesn't kill people. Yeah, so he, he it, doesn't stoop to that level. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and that that before before Batman versus Superman, yeah. he, he does, right? he before does. they ruined Batman. He yeah, just, Ben uh, Affleck goes on a fucking tear, but he just throws money at the problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's him, and Tony, him and Tony Stark are, are just like yeah. yeah. But it, it's for me, it's 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 that dynamic of seeing that that in, internal battle always kind of like how he just kind of sticks to his morals and he doesn't let that get to him as much as the Joker fucking. So, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I think like, I think that's that's probably the key thing. Seeing seeing that victory, whatever even the victory is, like it could be the lamest superhero of all. It could be freaking Squirrel Girl, actual Marvel Universe superhero. By the way, oh gosh, um, yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> She has a tell on everything. <laughs> um, but seeing them hold to this, like, uh, just these extreme convictions yeah. of, of justice and righteousness. Right. Uh, that kind of gives you, like, a newfound hope, respect, yeah. whatever so it, kind it, of feeling. It's overcoming the internal struggle then. Like, yeah. Like the, that's, the, that's the major, major okay. thing. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like, 
are there really any <laughs> villains like or uh, antagonists in these films that we typically root for, or is it usually the main character? That kind of goes back I to think, what I was saying. I like, think I think when they do a superhero <laughs> film well, or they do like a, a good versus evil movie well, mm-hmm. you do want to sympathize for the character. And I have to jump off of movies, superheroes, comics for a second, and look at video games. Final Fantasy. Oh, what okay. was it? Now you're talking Final about it. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Final Fantasy X. Okay. Like, the first time that you encounter Seymour. <laughs> seems, like a, seems like a weird dude. Chill dude. Mm-hmm. But, like, every encounter, you kind of, like, understand where he's coming from. You mm-hmm. want... You... Because he just, he just wants to, like, basically fix the world or whatever. He just has a crazy way of trying to do it. See, and that's that's what it is, right? It's just it's just a matter of these villains, so yeah. to speak, or antagonists. Yeah. They they you can sympathize with them in the sense of understanding where they're coming from, like you said, but just yeah. they're going about it the wrong way, and maybe perhaps they reach some kind some kind of like uh, bifurcation between like here's the better way to do this, and mm-hmm. here's the maybe the more selfish way or something of that nature. I, I think that's how the the something negative. I think that's how the the hero storytelling even started in the first place. Like, these are child stories. These these are things that you tell tell your kids, and you know, comics were for like teenagers and whatnot. And and the writers intentionally insert this kind of morality yeah. inside of them in order to to build their minds up into that kind of thinking. Yeah. The only difference between good guy and bad guy, they both want the same thing. Bad guy just lost his sense of value lost his moral compass as it were where do whatever it takes to get what you want yeah do whatever it takes where good guy like he's willing to go through the self-sacrifice the suffering holding true north uh to what he identifies as good in order to in order to accomplish you know whatever the end result is so and i think that's why um if you watch a superhero movie just blindly i I think that's why i liked civil war so much Mm. was that conflict because i saw myself liking either side at mm-hmm. some point in the film oh yeah at some point i'm like tony stark makes a good point and then there's other ones I'm like fuck steve rogers makes a good point and then there's other times where i'm like fuck all of you guys i'm with black panther <laughs> fucking, he just wants some fucking revenge like, like he's he he has no dog in the fight he just wants the winter soldier for what he did uh, and it's uh, just like it's it's mm-hmm. for me that's great storytelling and 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 that's one of the reasons, like you were saying, as far as like sympathizing with villains, it's one of the reasons why I've, I've, I talk so highly of Sons of Anarchy, mm-hmm. because that's a show where you're following a, a criminal organization. You're not supposed to root for them. But it's, it's, it's interesting at the way Kurt Sutter tells that story, because when a DEA agent gets killed, you're not supposed to root for that. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to be happy about that. But my mom was like, yes, fuck yeah. Like... Yeah, they just kill a DEA agent. <laughs> but it's like you, you you start to sympathize with these. But did he have it coming? <laughs> yes. Was, was he a corrupt DEA agent? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. And and, and that that but, but that's what I'm saying is it's like yeah those those lines get crossed at times and it yeah. really kind of plays on right. who you are as a person and, too. And I think Civil War is a perfect example of of that internal struggle and of the whole point of of those kind of comics because uh, even though the, the the story doesn't end up going in this direction you know civil war would be like a picture of like hey this is what it looks like when those paths diverge when when bad guys become bad guys 
Uh, and to put it into perspective, for since you know what Civil War is, it's actually the superheroes having an internal beef with each other. Mm. So it's not about the yeah. American Civil War, 1861. No, no, no. <laughs> not Damn about it. that. <laughs> and if it entices you anymore, Paul Rudd's in the movie. So hey, yeah. I'm there. Paul Rudd is freaking hilarious. I love Paul Rudd. He plays Ant Man. Yeah, yeah, I know. I saw Ant Man. Makes him great. I was like, hey, Paul Rudd's in it. I'll watch it. <laughs> He's my guy. He's my guy. Oh man. But yeah, back to your point. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, like. Age of Ultron was before Civil War, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Age of Ultron. Tony Stark, after going through all this other craziness he went through before Age of Ultron, um, was like, man, like, we need something to protect the world. I don't want to, like, go through all this kind of craziness again. So, in his mind, I'm doing the right thing. Let me create this ultra-powerful artificial intelligence. And it just happened to turns up, you know, being a crazy robot demon that wants to destroy the world. So, right purpose wrong idea mm. uh, <laughs> but even then te- delving mm. deeper into mm. ultron himself he uh. wanted to destroy human race because of the way we were mm-hmm. he didn't agree with yeah, our, he, our, he, our, yeah, our the way like, we thought we like the saw. only the only way to have peace on earth the only way to restore everything to its natural balance natural order is to get rid of this agent on the earth that is continually causing this conflict, i.e., humanity mm. destroying us saves the world. That that's what what, what Ultron's mind was. Nah. Right, I right, you know, motivation. Yeah. Wrong idea. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's like that that uh, road to hell being paid with good intentions. <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> but that was like in in like Civil War, where like you know regular people like you and me were like looking at these like giant titan superheroes and like okay let's find some way to put these people in check they have to no longer can they just be anonymous we need to know who these people are know where these people live have kind of like some kind of countermeasures keep these people in check so they just don't go burning our eye sockets out or whatever basically yeah the un would control them and and yeah only they could only use their powers when called upon so the un no, the the superheroes. Oh, they control so, the superheroes. So the, the United the, the United Nations would be in control of the superheroes. Tell them when and when they when and when not they can act. So Tony Stark, all for that because he saw his own decisions going out of control with Ultron. So it's guilt. Um, <laughs> uh, Captain America, not about that life because he's a Republican. <laughs> America. Cap- Captain America? Yeah, no. he's Captain America. Because because Captain America understands that just because you were the good guy badge doesn't mean you're always a good guy. Yeah. So it's like, no, I got I got my own moral compass. I'm going to hold to that. I don't know if you're going to hold to that. So I'm just going to be uh, autonomous over here. And mm-hmm. then you have followers on each side. Yeah. And <laughs> not to get all like super like political with it, mm-hmm. but the movie was great because we got the superheroes we did. But... If you watch that movie, the comic book was way better because they had so more, so many more superheroes involved. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's even this shot of uh, a comic book like render, rendering like a, the artist like drew like what the Civil War looked like, had, like hordes of superheroes on each side. It's like, and then um, right up next to a picture of like from the actual shot when they these two sides were about to clash. So it's like oh expectation. These hordes of superheroes, <laughs> reality, like six guys have gone up against each other. <laughs> and that's all a licensing issue because of the, the studios. So, yeah, they could have they could have CG'd the heck out of that movie and put everybody in there, but yeah, that would have been crazy expensive. Yeah, but I mean, to answer your question, I think that's where a lot of like 
Well, what I like about that is just because those comic books and the movies have have a tendency to kind of dabble with moral compass and kind of yeah, you know, I don't I wouldn't say I put myself in their shoes because I mean that'd be cool to have superpowers superpowers, but it's it's the storytelling. Hmm. It's just good storytelling with superpowers. Yeah, because you see, you see the same kind of themes in in other stories, other good guy versus bad guy stories yeah, that aren't superheroes. And, classic good evil thing. Yeah. That's since the beginning of time. It's almost so. like yeah, yeah. It's like the old westerns and things like that. Yeah, like that's what our dad got a kick out of, <laughs> like not the, not the superhero <laughs> stuff. Well, like I I will still watch Tombstone. Doc Hol- Doc Holiday, perfect example. Dude, that's not a main character. Should have freaking been. I am freaking Doc Holiday. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've actually never seen that movie. Oh, you need to watch that movie. Best best Western period. Watch Tombstone and okay. thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a call while I'm eating my pizza halfway through it. <laughs> First time I heard about that movie, I thought it was about a pizza. I was like, what? <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> it's like a stoner movie. Like. <laughs> Tombstone, the movie. Yeah. I love that piece. <laughs> Is this the sequel to White Castle? <laughs> it's actually the prequel to, oh, the prequel. to DiGiorno. Oh, yeah. DiGiorno was a good film. I cried during DiGiorno. <laughs> You have to go to the theaters to watch that, though, because it's not delivery. Ah, it's okay. <laughs> I, it, the funny thing is, I was sitting here drinking my teeth, thinking how I could get in there, and I couldn't figure it out. You did it. So got, the, you, sir. got the punchline. Don't have the setup. Exactly. <laughs> oh shit! So yeah, we totally went on a superhero tangent. Yeah. No, it's fine. I, I think that's. Uh, I actually think it kind of segues. It does. It's a great segue. I was like, yes. Yeah. I was thinking about it in my mind the whole time. I was like, yes, this is great. So yeah, good. Good versus evil. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk more about that. Like, good versus evil. Okay, so modern societies become, or, or at least it seems to be trending towards a more. I mean, obviously atheism is still in the minority people that consider Mm -hmm. themselves atheists you know people usually tie themselves to the main religions right but it's interesting to me how there's an intellectual group so to speak or people who would consider themselves intellectuals who believe that by associating with any type of religion it kind of discredits any Mm -hmm. you know intellectual argument or something like that you know you know that was actually something that was a strategy i can't remember the name of the dude that started it all but he was a lawyer and that figures <laughs> <laughs> the most evil people in the world sorry lawyers but yeah he was a lawyer in, he was a lawyer in like uh 1800s early 1800s probably mm. um did like really just wanted to get theism in general mm-hmm. uh out of our legal system. And the way that he went about that was starting in universities. Like all these Ivy League colleges were constructed from from this guy and his little partner that he pulled into it. So all the top universities were really like teaching people that you were just less intellectually fit if you believed in like such fairy tales as religion and theology and everything like that. Right. 
And that kind of engendering is, is, is still going on today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> still going like, on. That's, that's, that's really, I think, most people that would consider themselves atheists, I think, are just afraid of being considered less than intellectual by being like, oh, I kind of have this belief, you know. And again, and, and I know that from experience, because when I was a teenager, I kind of felt like that too, you know, because... I went to, you know, Catholic church when I was much younger. And then when I was a teenager, I had my rebellious years of being like, nah, screw that. This is is a bunch of bullshit. Like, you know, just I went through this whole phase, if you will. But I never affirmed a disbelief in in God, I guess you could say. Like, I never asserted there is no God. And to me, that seems preposterous. I don't know. I don't understand that mindset for an atheist. I understand agnostics because that's kind of oh, yeah. that's kind of what I was going through. It was like I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe not. There mm-hmm. might be, but I don't know. And I think I think agnosticism is really the the real majority in in not just America but but the world. Uh, honestly, there, you know, there's a, there's a lot of theocratic nations and and people saying I believe in God, so on and so on. Mm-hmm. But as far as the specifics as as in, like, what or who is God? A lot of people are thoroughly unprepared to even begin to try to answer that question. Yeah. So that would fall into the agnostic pool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Regardless of what you call yourself. So, Because an, an atheist would, would assert that there is absolutely no God. Yeah. Because I cannot see it, that kind of thing. There's no evidence, they say. Which, and, which to me seems strange because it's almost like you're you're basing that off of some kind of antiquated notion of what God may be, typically a personified God, right? Mm-hmm. You're saying, well, there's no big man in the sky with the beard, you know. Where did that idea come from, by the way? Do you know? Probably just, somebody's painting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I've struggled. <laughs> I've struggled. <laughs> I've struggled to find the source of like, where did this? whole notion come from in fact in fact in fact the notion probably came from roman catholicism because the 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 picture that we have of the father god big you know white bearded man in the sky is really more accurately a depiction of zeus yeah so we have christianity kind of overwhelming roman culture uh, after you know their own government destabilized and Everything like that. So, so Jesus is Hercules. <laughs> I believe, I believe Hercules was Greek. <laughs> Got to throw that in there. Um, but yeah, so so the Roman occupied nations, which uh, majority of them were Greek in their theology, mm. uh, or Rome kind of like stole from Greek theology, really. Totally. <laughs> so Shakespeare. <laughs> And they were they were big on art, big on that kind of culture. So when they adopted this this faith of Christianity, they still kept their the same old habits. They want to build statues after their gods and build make paintings after their gods. And they did the same things that they were doing with their those Greek gods. They started doing with Christianity. Let's make paintings of you know the creation of man and and let's make a big godlike character and only kind of like. Right. Like super god we know of is before is Zeus, so let's make him look like Zeus. Why not? That's like, no. yeah. And then we just kind of ran with it for, <laughs> se- for several ran with it. hundred years. <laughs> in several a- hundred. Years. Yeah, <laughs> we did that. We did that until I don't know. I don't remember what that movie was. Like the first movie where we did like a like a live like Jesus character. But that's that's where we get like the depiction of what Jesus looks like now. 
first movie that we did. What was uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> that's another one. I know. Is that, is that a Broadway play? Uh, it's you know, there's actually really good music in that, by the way. Really? Yeah, it's some, some, so, some so really I cool hear. music in that. So I hear. Even if you're not like a you know religious person. Yeah. Right. See, but that's the thing with me is like I don't I don't mind seeing religious stuff. Yeah. For me, because like, religion is just not a big thing that I normally discuss. It's not something that I. I it's not in my life every day. Yeah, I, I always kind of imagine you being in that box of like, yeah, like you know, yeah, like, I, like I don't really care enough but, about it to like argue with about it. Exactly, <laughs> and, and I hate when people lump me in like the group of atheists. Yeah, because I view atheists a lot like I view Christians. Yeah, uh, in the sense of like, and I'm talking like the extreme, the extreme ones. Okay. Yeah, like. Yeah, like like the, the ones that go to war. The, the, yeah, the, the, the extreme atheists <laughs> uh, yeah. are, are just as bad as the extreme Christians, in my opinion. So it's like I'm just somebody who doesn't associate myself with religion I d- at all. I don't like that term. What extreme? 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 I consider myself an extreme Christian. Uh oh. Do I oh. go? Do I go around like cutting people's heads off? No, I, I don't consider that extreme Christian. I consider that insane mm-hmm. Christian. I consider that extreme Christian. So you don't like the negative connotation that is associated ex- with extreme. Yeah, extreme. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I don't like that. That's what people are considering extreme. Like, All right, let me. Let me. Well, when I refer to an extreme Christian, I'm not talking about the ones that cut people's heads off. Yeah, I, I'm I, talking I, about. I, the, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let me rephrase it as the the judgmental. Okay. Christian and the judgmental. Everybody's atheist. judgmental in the sense of like they can't <laughs> let each other coincide uh, coincide with each other. Mm. And, and I mean that's why you have several different branches of Christianity. Like mm-hmm. it's a giant umbrella, like Christianity, uh, yeah. and then you have like Catholicism and Lutherism and uh, Methodist, ba- Methodist Baptist. Baptist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're I think they're they're just disagreeing on some of oh, the, yeah. the specifics. That's, that's like exactly the, how it happened. It's like semantics, um. like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it didn't. It didn't start as semantics when when Martin Luther like broke off from yeah. the Catholic Church and, yeah. and those that followed him, you know, started this kind of like new wave called Protestantism. Um, it was like, oh wow, like look at all this stuff that we're not believing about the Bible. <laughs> like, I think we should let people read this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we should teach according to this instead of you know whatever you know, the Pope contrives. So let's not try to yeah. abuse ourselves and, and call that repentance. But yeah, there's there's Martin Luther's reformation of the church was, hey, let's get back to what the Bible actually says. Right. Um, all these hundreds of branches that came out of Protestantism would petty arguments like, oh, well, you you shouldn't drink. Well, no, you you can drink. Oh, women shouldn't wear pants. Oh, no, they can wear pants. And yeah, that, 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 just, so that got ridiculous. Hats, so. no hats. <laughs> yeah, hats, <laughs> no hats. No hats. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's up with all that, man. I think religion in general is long overdue for a reformation at this point, because I, I, I think it still has its place in terms of... Um, giving a moral compass for, for some people. Because if people are looking at comic book heroes and movies and, like, everybody's buying into this, is like, mm-hmm. this is leading my moral compass. Like, well, if you're doing that, this is basically just a rehash of some of these, you know, biblical stories. Oh, yeah. And it and is. before that, even, like, you know, Greek mythology and all these mm-hmm. things. Like, it's, these stories have been going on forever. It's just the story of the hero. It is as old as time. Mm-hmm. Just different you know? skins. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Different character skins. There was something very dangerous about what you said. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. You said you know religion like gives us a moral compass, 
And that's why atheism takes, or that's why extreme atheists, I'll say, (laughs) (laughs) take the position that they do is because we're deriving our sense of right and wrong from this contrived story, this this idea that somebody else made up. That's mm. that's a pretty dangerous thing to do. And I would say if, if there is a such thing as morality, this kind of absolute morality that's true for everybody, and, and I believe there is, and I think we get an indication of that because we all get the same kind of feeling and fascination about these hero stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all can identify with this this sense of like this hero's got this righteous path and this this crazy lunatic bad guy you know needs to be put behind bars whatever. There is a sense of morality in humanity, uh, and since there is a sense of morality in humanity, that has to be something that's you know external to our thinking, external to our own ideas. Uh, has to be something that's absolute. And if it is something that's absolute, it's, it's, it cannot be just something that we give to ourselves. It has to be something that we discern from reality. And I think that's why people have such a hard time with religion. It's like, what, what story do I believe? Which one of these is true? I think if people were willing to take the time and look at religion for what it really is, mm-hmm. it's just a way to view the world. A way to look at the things around you and determine what is and is not true. Ravi Zechariah said it this way. All the world religions, all of the world views that a person may have really fall into one of three categories. Either only the universe exists, which is where we find worldviews like atheism and like Buddhism. Buddhism is not a, a, a theistic religion or worldview. There is no God in Buddhism. I feel like if I were to label myself as closely to what I can pinpoint, I would say I'm like a Christian Buddhist. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. That's, that's, that's as accurately as I can label myself at this point. Although it probably doesn't really quite touch upon everything. Like, but that's, that's my mindset okay. as of lately. Anyway. Thought so so these, these non-theistic worldviews are, are, are God. Only the universe exists. And on the opposite side of the spectrum, you have only God exists, which is where you get, you know, religion like Hinduism, where, you know, everybody is just a, a different manifestation of God. And we've kind of like all forgotten that. And the ultimate thing for us to do is kind of like, you know, separate ourselves from the desire of the world and kind of remember our divinity. And we're all going to kind of like mass together into one big Akira like godness. <laughs> um, don't know if you ever saw that enemy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> In somewhere in between that, where both God and the universe exist, and God exists separate and distinct to his creation, that is the universe, which is where you find Christianity, Judaism, Islam, and well, that's pretty much it, actually. <laughs> that's, 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 that's pretty much it. And, and so, so either we're either we belong to God or we're separate from God is what you're. Or there saying. is no God. Or there is no God. Or there is no God. Okay. That's interesting because for me, like again, I'm, I'm not a big religious guy. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it like for me, religion was a guideline of how you're supposed to be to get yeah. to this mm-hmm. paradise. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like I always looked at it like, why do I have to do that? Like yeah. I know I know I'm a good person. I live my life by my own set of rules, by my own right. set of laws. And I don't want to follow another guideline and 
do it this way because I'm told to do it this way. Because right. if I don't, then that fear mongering comes. You'll go to hell. Like yeah. I never, I was never into that. See, yeah. I think that's a pretty uh, common conception that people have about the ideas that are in most know, the religions, Bible, most, religion, most religions, mm-hmm. not just not just Christianity. In the reli- in 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 this it, tier, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. why yeah. I like the, tier. That's why I like the way you explained it because it's it's completely different from the way I, yeah. you know, originally my whole life have looked at it. Well, like, yeah. And I, and, and like you said, that's what draws people towards atheism because they don't want to be told what to do. They're yeah. like, this is what? Come on. Like, this is absurd. You know? I think if you, if you look at these, these three different categories of worldviews, it's hard for me to imagine that I am God and I just somehow forgot. And, <laughs> and that, my eventuality is to rejoin the Godhead. And in, in Hinduism, like what they propagate is that everything that we're experiencing mm-hmm. is merely an illusion. Uh, there's no chair. <laughs> like there is no microphone. Uh, just like, living th- in a matrix. These, these are just, yeah. these are just <laughs> illusory things that are basically our, our broken cognition is dreaming up for ourselves until we rejoin the Godhead. And that, that, Sounds attractive to some people, but uh, I don't. I don't interpret it that way, though. Okay. I think the point with that is that um, we give names to all these things. It's not necessarily that they're literally illusory things. It's just mm-hmm. that these are things, and mm-hmm. we we come up with all these labels, and, and language itself is limiting anyway. So how can mm-hmm. you really describe any of these phenomena that that are just beyond human capacity mm-hmm. of knowing, right? Through mere language. For instance, with, with Hinduism, all is God, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you know, you're God, I'm God, you, you know, not, not like that. Not like the you're cow put, is God. Yeah, not like <laughs> putting yourself on a pedestal, but it's simply saying that, that you belong to the unified existence of all that there you're is. You're a piece of that bigger picture. Right, uh-huh. right. That's the way I interpret that. And so in some ways, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And And even from a scientific perspective, you could take it and you could say, well, that also agrees with classical physics you know energy can't be created or destroyed so you know yeah, reincarnation we're all, we're all just a part of the the same precursory energy yeah and you just get recycled you know your energy and consciousness experiencing itself in the human form currently and when you die you return to that source of energy that source could be called god which that's the way i see god is just the source of all creation like you know that kind of thing, like that. That makes sense to me. Well, but the, but, I, the, but then I, I also I, I, I also I like I, uh, <laughs> I also like Jesus, I, I, <laughs> and I also think he's a great role model. So that's what I meant by what I'm kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> so. But the, the the thing the the reason why I say all these experiences are illusory, yeah, uh, is certainly I would say yeah these are tangible things. We're not simply uh, imagining the things that we interact with. But this idea of self mm-hmm. is illusory, and therefore all the experiences yes. that self right. would encounter are illusory, which I would prefer a universe where in which I am me, uh, <laughs> 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 and I'm not just an, an accidental diversion from an energy source. Well, <laughs> it's not that. I don't think it's that either because the way I've always understood this and I had this, um, you know, I would call it somewhat of an epiphany like a few years ago where I started thinking about the universe within. Like that was a whole thing with um, like quantum physics and this kind of idea of, you know, the, the, the quantum, like one unit, one packet of information. So 
you know, to me that makes sense in terms of being a human like you're a packet of information like you're you're this amalgamation of like billions of cells different you know organs like atoms into cells and cells into these organs and organs into this you know these systems of functioning that coordinate with each other to keep this body running right so each of those units on like a subatomic level and on a cellular level are individual units right they are their things that we call them but they all function together in coordination to make up you as one person you know so that that made sense to me is like okay well that's just a different scale of the exact same thing happening over yeah, and over and, and over and, again and that explains that explains the machinations of the universe but it doesn't explain consciousness like like the appearance of consciousness in the world is is a very strange thing when when you're when you're talking about the the idea of you know it's kind of we're all just yeah. little sprinklings of uh, this god or energy source yeah um, consciousness is weird though <laughs> it's very weird because because it's 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 so hard to define what it is precisely oh yeah absolutely you know? yeah. like uh, like animals for instance okay animals speak their own language they communicate with each other does that mean you know I, I we could say, well, they, they don't theorize about their place in the world, yeah. so they're, they're not conscious. But but there are animals that understand life and death. Yeah. Well, truly, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. But, but, but some would argue, oh, well, it's instinctual. That's in all of us. It's in, oh, in all of us. It's a survival You can't really define that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not saying I agree with that either. Like, I think everything's conscious. I think the, I think the planet's Conscious. conscious yeah oh. because because we're all living we like plants and animals right mm -hmm. so every we all live we all we're all forms of energy that are active and survive and things like that so we interact with each other and it's like well if the individual components of something are alive why would the whole not also then be alive like are we all just living creatures on a dead planet that doesn't make sense like it continues to nurture itself and feed it itself has, and correct itself it, yeah like, it, it, say it corrects itself it, want, it, it comes up with these natural disasters yeah to get rid of us it's like, We're it's, like it's like you have an itch on your shoulder yeah. and you scratch it you know <laughs> like it's like you know you got humans doing some stupid shit and you're just like yeah flood flood <laughs> like right. joe rogan has a whole thing where he goes in about that talking about how we're kind of like a plague yeah, on the planet, yeah, yeah. it's just trying to get rid of yeah. us. You know, I, was, I wasn't trying to go off a tangent. I was just making that <laughs> up. Sorry. No, I don't. I don't know that that's a tangent. Um, but yeah, that's, that's an interesting perspective. But it that, it, it, it it kind of. Uh, I don't think that necessarily contradicts the idea of religion, though, does it? Like, I wouldn't think so. Like, to well, me, I think it doesn't contradict the idea of religion uh, per se, but it it does. To me, it just seems like it, a redefining of of the term God. That it, really it it is okay. it is a redefining, or it it it's a distinct idea of God. Uh, most often, when you hear the uh, hear the term God, you think, you know, all powerful, all knowing, mm -hmm. you know, the morally absolute good, which isn't necessarily the case in in every worldview. Right. So there, there's a distinct distinct idea of God. In uh, what you have in this 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 tier over on the far right side, where where we say all is God, yeah. and that's a distinct view that I I don't think that I can really wrap my mind around because that kind of uh, kind of just dis displaces everything. Like there's 
if that were the case, it it kind of agrees with the idea that there is no real absolute. Okay. Because all all of these diverging consciousnesses is like, why is one superior over another? Is is one superior over another? See, I would say it's not. I always had to say there there there's just various ways of looking at the same thing, and and I think that's in accord with the idea that we each have a personal relationship with God, because that's a yeah. thing too. Like we all understand God differently. So it's not saying that one version of God or one idea of God is necessarily more correct than yeah. someone else's. It's just that's their understanding and that's that's how they interact or whatever with with I know. just can't find that in that in a universe like that we would encounter such a delicate and vast measure of balance. And I don't mean that in a moral sense. I mean that in a in a physical sense. Um, I, I mean in terms of physics. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I would encourage you to watch this uh, this documentary called "The Privileged Planet." Mm. Um, there are so many systems that are acted upon our planet, uh, which which had to be in place like almost simultaneously in order for this planet to even be capable of sustaining, sustaining life, sustaining uh, the kind of life which we do find on this planet, uh, carbon, carbon-based, you know, organisms. And I think there's probably like uh, eight primary ones that literally had to all happen in the same instant in order for that balance to even uh, be achieved. Um, and we're really the, the perfect spot in our solar system uh, to even be capable of sustaining life. Hmm. But we're also in the perfect spot in our solar system to be capable of observing the universe. Hmm. It's, just, it's just like all of these things put into place. Yeah. Uh, even, even as something as simple as thinking of, you know, our respiratory system. And and thinking of how you know plants and animals kind of like balance off of each other in that way, I'm like, what, what came first, the chicken or the freaking egg? If I would, if animal life wasn't here, plants what plants wouldn't be able to survive. If plants weren't here, animals wouldn't be able to survive. Like right. how what what the heck happened? And and we can think back to evolution or, or or you know name any number of things to kind of explain that away. But evolution in itself doesn't make sense. Like what gives something the potential energy to even evolve in the first place and why are there uh, limits constraints and, and derivations to that it's just it's, it just doesn't make sense it is it, it's not something that i can observe and, and still say oh well that's kind of true to life it's not something that the scientific method <laughs> would even uh, well, give credence to and of course you can't really do that for something that stretches so far back for some things, yes, but uh, I mean, I would say like I don't think there's anything wrong with evolution, and and I don't think it necessarily counters uh, certain religious perspectives either. Like it, it doesn't it, necessarily it, counter certain religious perspectives, certain religious perspectives. Yeah, uh, but I don't think that it holds true to life, though. Um, and 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 it, and if it does, yeah. if it does, there isn't anything really inside of religion, particularly, that kind of. Uh, explains that notion that capacity to change and in fact most religions would uh would probably not not touch the idea of evolution but it doesn't necessarily disagree with them 
I feel like um, as a human species, mm-hmm. we have uh, not really shown many signs of evolving. <laughs> I will say. <laughs> I feel like we were pretty much the same as we were, you know, thousands upon thousands of years ago. I feel like it's, it's we're going through the same catastrophes over and over again with civilizations of reaching the height of civilization and then just screwing everything up and having to start over because corruption, et cetera. All the same problems basically keep happening. But I will also say that I think we are on a path towards evolving to some kind of uh, technological super beings, you know, like like some kind of android of sorts, you know, like because of the fact technology is getting crazy. There's people talking about uploading your consciousness and all this kind of stuff so you you know you it's it's these are things that are happening so it's like it's it's scary in a way because you're you're kind of gearing towards not needing to be flesh and blood anymore it's like you could just you know structure this robotic body and put your consciousness into it and then boom there you go like they were making fuckable robots i was like there's the end of our fucking our our timeline (laughs) 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 that's our fall of Rome right there Uh, yeah Yeah, we've been talking about that nobody wanted to procreate anymore they were just fucking robots Japan's gonna lose high volume very quickly we we were talking about that kind of destruction since the 60s Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but man the, the, the whole place where we even get the idea of evolution is from observing adaptation. Mm-hmm. Adaptation, real thing. We can see inside of our own genetics the mm-hmm. capacity to adjust in order to you know meet the needs of our environment and everything like right. that. But I don't think it stretches as far as evolution. But you know Darwin's book Origin of Species, full title freaking Origin of Species, is Origin of Species on the Origin of Species by Means of Natural Selection. Or the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. Mm-hmm. So, are you looking as at this as this is like a, a case for racial superiority? <laughs> is that what you're getting at? Here? <laughs> and and wow, that that would be like that that would be like the a person's natural thinking when they read that title. But that that was kind of the point of the book, and certainly it was written in a, in a period of time where. Uh, the the Western world wasn't really sure whether or not darker races were particularly human. Right, right, right. Um, That's <laughs> so. Wait, wait, whoops! That's, <laughs> on, uh, on behalf of man from you know, hundred fifty years ago. Just, whoops! And, and like and like. <laughs> <laughs> my bad and people people look They're at bad. people look at america because of black slavery and yeah that was probably like the worst kind of slavery in all history but man like this kind of thinking is all across the world yeah absolutely yeah like darker races all across the world uh go through the same kind of discrimination the same kind of thinking like these these are lower people lower beings mm-hmm. or whatever and uh, Darwin was really working off of that notion. That's the reason why he went to go out and observe nature in the first place was to prove there was a, a superior race. Yeah. Uh, not not in the animal kingdom per se. Happy accident. Um, <laughs> but but in humanity, there is a superior race. Yeah. And and I think that that the idea of that 
is just as ludicrous as the idea of evolution. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> see, well, well, I'll let you finish your thought, but then I'm gonna gotta go 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 ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, was, I was gonna say so when you when you look at for me, I, I look at like a selective breeding in plants and like animals, and especially with animals that have I'm, such I'm a, a product. Of selective breeding, by the way. Uh-huh. As am I. As am I. Hey, man. Uh, when when you're when you're a mixed racial person, that's you know, it's it's interesting. Life yeah. life gets really interesting. <laughs> Start kind of really just not believing that race should matter at all. Yeah. You're just yep. like this is kind of yeah, this it's kind it's of ridiculous. Retarded. Why does this matter? This is stupid. No, but um. No, uh, I was gonna say so. Like, if you look at like like dog breeding, for instance, you mm-hmm. know, I, I I think that's a pretty pretty good example i mean if you consider that like you know dog is like a domesticated wolf you uh-huh. know so over a certain amount of time we domesticated them and then we have all these various breeds of dogs and and th- but it's like you look at a fucking chihuahua and you look at like a husky and it's just it's well same animal uh-huh. derived from the same ancestor so uh-huh. to speak totally different so to me that's that kind of gives a little bit of, of in that Creating sense. That, thinking. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. And I get that. And where we where we to see that kind of uh, variety in humanity, I could I could go on saying that. But actually, actually uh, biologically speaking, hmm. darker races <laughs> tend to have um, the advantage, uh, both in like uh, the speed of brain development and immunities and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, his theory did have a little bit of credit, just looking at the wrong race. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but anyway, like back, back. I don't have a horse in the race. <laughs> you're looking at two mixed Mexicans here. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, I mean, you're 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 on the, the the middle side of that scale. At least you got some kind of <laughs> the best of both worlds. The best of both worlds. A little there. bit of brown, a little bit of white. Yep. Just mix it up like a like a butterscotch pudding. <laughs> Oh, don't don't pick butterscotch. Okay, nobody I'm, nobody I'm, likes butterscotch. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unless you're old. <laughs> Let's call you some kind of milky caramel. What, like, like flan? Are you saying I'm flan? That makes sense. Flan. Yeah, flan. Okay. Like, what Mexican is not flan? <laughs> it even sounds Mexican. <laughs> it sounds like a little Mexican boy. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, like the, those kind of ideas uh, kind of strip meaning out of the equation. Um, and, and when meaning and, and absolutes are stripped from the equation, we can't, we, we, there's no place for which we do get a sense of morality. If all pieces of the puzzle are, have equal authority, there is no right or wrong. It's just each person living by their own, uh, their own ideas, which again, doesn't ring true to life. Like, why do we all seem to agree with these moral themes when they're in movies, but we can't agree with them when they're in, you know, happening in real life. And I, it, it seems more reasonable to view that there is a creative force. There is a God that is distinct from its creation. Uh, and this sense of morality, the sense of balance in the universe, the sense of, purpose mm-hmm. uh, to the interaction of things within the universe would be ascribed from that creative force or that God. And and that, that was a more reasonable conclusion to me. And it's not like, uh, 
I have the advantage of starting from a, an agnostic perspective. I was raised inside of a Christian home. I believed in Jesus as soon as I could believe in anything. But I didn't stop just because someone told me to think a certain way or told me to believe something. Like, I wanted to understand, like, why why is this true if this is true? Or is this true if this is true? I had a lot of doubts from the beginning, though. <laughs> I was just, like, raised in that environment. And, like, I think it was, like, I was maybe, like, five or six. And, like, I used to ask, uh, uh, you know, like, my mom used to just kind of, when I was going to sleep every night, she used to just kind of, like, sit there at the edge of the bed, wait for me to go to sleep or whatever, and then leave, you know, because she's, yeah. she's awesome. And I was, like, scared of the dark when I was, you know, that young. So, And I used to just ask her all these questions as I was, like, falling asleep, you know. And, mm. and I remember being, like, one of those things. I'm, like, five or six, and I'm, like, asking her, like, what happens when you die? Like, mm. you know. That's a great question to have before you go to bed. At night. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so weird. Because it's just all these thoughts. But, like, that's they just it. turn off the light. Yeah. You see how you can't see anything? Yeah. 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 There you go. Go to bed. Yeah. You said you're scared of the dark, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. But that, I just remember not being satisfied, even at that age, with, like, this idea that, like, oh, well, you know, you, you know, if you're good, you go to heaven, and if, if you're bad, you go to hell, and, you know, and, the, and talking about God, and what does God mean, and, and like, the idea of infinity, by the way, well, scared the living shit out. First of all, scared the living shit out. I was like, you of, mean it never ends? Uh-huh. <laughs> ah, like, but you <laughs> see, that line of good and, of good and bad, that, yeah. that, that was the line that always kind of... It's like who's who's defining that? Like we, well, we all make mistakes as human beings, I mean, and and I think that is something that is due to the limitation of what we are, the limitation of humanity. There's something terrifying about eternity, if everyone is honest. Yeah, that is equally terri- terrifying about finity. Like I am equally terrified about not dying, not oh. dying. Oh, just ending, ending. Like even if I conceive. Like, not my life ending, but the universe, not in, in a sense of time ending, but a sense of space ending, Just reaching the edge of the universe. Like, like, like I hit a wall, like, oh, okay. what's beyond this wall? Or, no, there is no wall because it's just nothing. How do I touch nothing? It's terrifying yeah. <laughs> to even imagine. Like, close your eyes, imagine nothing. You're not imagining nothing. You're imagining black. That's a thing. Right. Imagine nothing. Like, you can't. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, because anything you imagine that's nothing is still something. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and you can't have nothingness without something. Like, by definition, there is no nothing without something. Like, there yeah. has to be one to be zero. Like, those two concepts are, <laughs> you know, not mutually exclusive. Yeah. And going back to what you were saying with the the uh, like the moral compass of, like, with movies. Oh, yeah. What I, when you were saying that, me thinking outside of the, the religion box mm-hmm. of... Why we can watch a movie and we can sympathize with characters and and that moral standard, but some people refuse to do that in their everyday lives. Mm-hmm. I, I my view on that is I, I feel like it's it's we as humans have that that pack mentality mm-hmm. um, of well I care about the ones that I know mm-hmm. fuck everybody else, and I think that's one of the big issues that we have is that a lot of people lack that that sympathy towards others that they don't know. Mm. It's that, that pack mentality of, I know you, I know you, I care about you guys, but But, nobody else. But but I I think that happens in degrees. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's a sense uh, that pack mentality happens in nationalism. When, you know, nine 11 happened, everybody was like, everybody hurt. 
mm-hmm. you yeah. know. But it, it, it stretches beyond that in, in, in terms of just honestly thinking about humanity. If you, you know, hear a story, you know, across the globe about, you know, somebody like taking somebody's child and cutting them up into pieces and mailing it back to their family members, you'd be like, oh, man, what kind of horrific person would do this? You know, uh, that sense of morality is just there. And it, it's generally the same with everyone. In the, in the places where we find that it's not the same to that degree, um, mm-hmm. we usually concoct that to be contributed just to some sort of, you know, mental disorder, sociopathy, whatever. So, like, in, in, in thinking on the other side of the spectrum now to this worldview where only the universe exists, where it's just us, it's just physical matter, I, again, I, I don't see where that moral compass can come from even this pack mentality you're starting on the assumption that life somehow has value you're starting with the assumption that there's something good even about you know the experience of pleasure that you get physically mm-hmm. um like why is that desirable because uh, because some people do desire a certain measure of pain. Some people that's good. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't mind bleeding. <laughs> so so I mean like it's it's kind of like yeah everybody mostly connects in certain areas certain extreme cases when we're talking about life and death and uh, uh, or torture or anything like that. But in the things that seem to be more superficial like um probably the the most controversial things and the reason why people contest christianity so uh as much as they do in america is the seeming restriction that's put on sexuality Mm. and in in recent years you know talking about abortion and, and things of that nature and it's kind of strange that from a non-theistic perspective, we would agree that all life is equal, all life is somehow, for lack of a better word, I would call sacred. I don't see how we could come to that conclusion if it's kind of every man for himself. I'm just time plus matter plus chance, and I get to feel good, so great. Because in that kind of universe... I would do just literally whatever feels good to me. Without There's, regard to how it affects anyone else. Without regard yeah. to how it affects anyone else, because there is no advantage to having a sense of morality mm-hmm. in a universe where there is no God, there is no absolute morality. Um, they're really just you know inconveniencing yourself for no reason, yeah. trying to make somebody else feel good for no reason. But but the thing is, I don't. I mean, people don't need to acknowledge a god to be good people. I I would say that's that's a truth because there are some people who consider themselves atheists. Like I already explained how I think that's absurd anyway. But some of those people are really good people, and mm-hmm. and and I get that that they don't necessarily need to acknowledge you know that because that's their choice. You know, and they're still good people, and they still have great values and stuff like that. And on the flip side of that, some some people who associate with any particular religion are just extremely morally corrupt, you know, and they hide behind their God. Mm-hmm. And that, that pisses me off, too, because then they just feel like, well, this is kind of like holier-than-thou mentality. Like, my religion's right, you're wrong, like that kind of thing. And then there's no empathy for, like, anyone who doesn't subscribe to that person's idea of 
a god, as as told by See, that and, particular and, religion. And like with, that's what gets with your definition off. of of like the atheist. I think that's kind of where I sit, because religion's not a big thing for me. Like my mom, she has her thing that she, you know that she does, but it's one of those things where it's like I sit in in the position of I I have my way of thinking, mm-hmm. the way of things I believe in, but I'm not going to judge anybody else on what they think. Yeah. Whatever you think is great. If it helps you to get through life, awesome. Mm. At the end of the day, my goal for myself is just to be a good person. Mm. Treat others how I would want to be treated. And like my mom knows this too at a very young age. She she prays and she keeps it to herself. She doesn't try to push it on me. She leaves me alone. Mm. Um, and then I don't, I don't ever tell her she's wrong. One of the things that pissed me off the most when I was younger was I used to work at this uh, department store. And we had an atheist that worked there. And she used to piss me off because we had uh, uh, an older gentleman there. He was Christian, but he was to himself. He'd read his Bible. He never preached to anybody. He'd just read his Bible. He'd do his thing. He'd go to work. Really nice guy. And one day he was reading his Bible, and she looked at him and goes, Oh, that's cute. You still believe in make-believe people? And that pissed me off. So even though I'm not Christian, I still defended the man. Mm. Because it's like, who are you? To, to, to say that to somebody you know what I mean mm. so for me it's like I kind of fit along the, the lines of being an atheist because right now I don't know what I believe it's mm. just kind of like I go through life I do what I do like I said try to be a good person and at the end of the day when my time comes if there is something bigger than me then I can confidently know that it's like I did my best while I was alive even though I didn't believe I still lived my life as a, as a good person and, and try to live in a positive way. And that's just kind of how I've always tried to do.